Hey everyone, before we start the episode, I wanted to share some exciting news. We have a YouTube channel now. We started posting our episodes with some cool images and videos, so you should definitely go check it out. You can find us at On Wildlife Podcast, and don't forget to subscribe. Now let's get into the episode. Hello, welcome to On Wildlife. I'm your host, Alex Ray. On this podcast, we bring the wild to you. We take you on a journey into the life of a different animal every week, and I guarantee you you're going to come out of here knowing more about your favorite animal than you did before. We've got our Halloween episode this week, so get ready to have the creepy crawlies. If you get squeamish, you may want to prepare yourself because we're talking about some of the largest spiders in the world. Tarantulas. Tarantulas are a subspecies of spider, and spiders are known as arachnids. Tarantulas are characterized by the hair on their bodies, which I'm going to talk about later on in the podcast. And there are over 800 different species of tarantulas, and they're found almost anywhere in the world, but mostly in warmer climates. And these guys can get really big. The largest species of tarantula is called the Goliath bird eater, and I don't think they could have made that name sound scarier if they tried. Its leg span can get up to 11 inches long, and it can weigh around 170 grams. This means that their leg span is almost twice as long as the average Chipotle burrito. But because there are so many different species of tarantula, there's also a lot of diversity. For example, the smallest species of tarantula is called the spruce fir moss spider, and their body length only gets up to 0.15 inches. Some people put spiders and insects in the same category, but they're actually different, and they have a few key differences that we can look at. First of all, spiders' bodies are separated into two segments, the prosoma and the epistosoma, while insects are separated into three segments, and they also have eight legs instead of six. Some of the closest relatives of spiders are scorpions, ticks, mites, and even horseshoe crabs. And it's also thought that spiders first appeared on Earth a little under 400 million years ago. This means that their ancestors were one of the first animals to ever walk on land. Tarantulas also have a relatively long lifespan. What's really interesting is that male tarantulas have a much shorter lifespan than female tarantulas. In the common brown tarantula, the male lives for around 12 years, while the female can live for over 30 years. All tarantulas are carnivorous. They eat insects, small rodents, reptiles, and some species, like the goliath bird eater, occasionally eat small birds. But unlike a lot of other spiders, tarantulas don't catch their prey in webs. They're nocturnal predators, so they hunt at night. And a lot of tarantulas try to ambush their prey, so they stay motionless until they feel their prey coming, and then they pounce. And when they attack... They use their fangs to pierce through their victims. Their fangs release venom that, when it's inside their prey, starts to digest their insides, making it into a liquid that the tarantulas can eat. Also, just a side note, there's a difference between an organism that's venomous and one that's poisonous. 
A venomous organism bites you and inflicts harm, while a poisonous organism inflicts harm from you biting it or touching it. Even though their venom can do some serious damage to small animals, it actually can't cause any significant harm to humans. Some people say that a tarantula bite feels like a bee sting. Unless it's a goliath bird eater, then it might be a little bit more painful. Also, another really interesting fact about tarantula bites. Back in medieval times, it was thought that being bitten by a tarantula would cause you to dance uncontrollably and eventually die. They called this disease tarantism, but luckily this is not true and tarantulas cannot cause flash mobs. And it seems as though tarantulas might actually know how scary they are because if they feel threatened, they'll raise their front legs in order to show off their huge fangs. So if you see this, you might want to stop poking it. So at this point, you might be thinking, tarantulas have eight eyes, so they must have great eyesight to see their prey. Well, this is actually not the case. Tarantulas have pretty bad eyesight. They can really only distinguish between light and darkness. Their strongest sense is actually touch. They have these things called pedilaps that are connected to their head in order to sense vibrations, air disturbances, and terrain changes. Okay, so we're going to take our first little break, and when we get back, I'm going to talk about why tarantulas have hair. Let's see how many of you can get today's trivia question. Which of these snakes is venomous? A. An anaconda B. A coral snake C. A corn snake Or D, a Burmese python. The answer is B, a coral snake. Okay, so we're back. One of the things that makes a tarantula a tarantula is the hair that they have all over their bodies. And this hair is actually a defense mechanism. These specific hairs are called urticating hairs, and they have barbs that make them stick into the skin. When a tarantula feels threatened, it will shoot the hairs out of its body by kicking its back legs. And these could cause rashes and eye irritation for humans and can even cause death for smaller animals that breathe in the hairs. And like all spiders, tarantulas don't have bones. They have an exoskeleton that gives them structure. The exoskeleton is mainly made up of a material called chitin. Also, tarantulas and other spiders don't have blood like people do. They instead have a substance called hemolymph, which transports oxygen throughout their body just like blood does for us. And they take in oxygen through things called book lungs, which are located on their abdomen. They're folded structures that have air pockets that allow oxygen to pass through. At this point, you probably want me to let you know where tarantulas live so that you can avoid them at all costs. Well, it depends on the species. Some tarantulas live in trees where they find shelter in the leaves or in holes made by other animals. A large amount of tarantulas dig burrows underground for shelter. These ground burrows are perfect for the tarantula because it's protection from many of its predators and is also not as hot as the surrounding area. They also tend to make a web that covers the entrance of the burrow. Scientists think that this could help keep the burrow cool by reflecting sunlight, or it could be an extra layer of protection from predators. Many tarantula mating rituals also involve their burrows. 
and tarantulas have a really unique way of finding mates. First, the male tarantula spins a web and puts sperm on it. After that, he puts them on his pedilaps, which we mentioned before. He then looks for a burrow of a female, and he taps on the webs in her burrow in order to make her come outside. He also releases pheromones in order to attract her. If she doesn't like the pheromones given off by the male, she'll either stay in her burrow or she'll aggressively chase him off. The male tarantula then does a little mating dance in order to seal the deal. The dance usually involves vibrating his body, which could give information about him to the female and whether or not he's suitable to mate with. If she likes what she sees, then she'll mate with him. And he'll usually want to leave soon after they mate because the female could possibly eat him afterwards if she's hungry. That sounds a lot more stressful than a Tinder date. Some species of tarantulas can also lay around 2,000 eggs at a time. So if you weren't already creeped out by tarantulas, you may be after this next part. They go through a process called molting, and this means that they shed off their skin and grow new skin back. The process could take multiple days, and it's really not an easy transition for them. Molting can also help them regenerate legs that they've lost previously. And I know I joked about this being creepy, but it's really just their way of growing. Okay, so we're going to take our last little break. And when we return, I'm going to start talking about some problems that tarantulas are facing right now. If you want more information about tarantulas, or you just want to suggest a new animal for me to talk about, you can email onwildlife.podcast at gmail.com. You can also visit our website at www.onwildlife.org. All right, we're back. So why should you care about tarantulas? Well, they actually do a lot for the ecosystem. One of the most important ways that tarantulas help the ecosystem is by providing population control. They eat tons of insects and small rodents whose populations would increase significantly if not for the tarantula. They can also be the prey of other animals such as birds, reptiles, and even foxes. Aside from that, their venom is actually being studied in labs to see if it can treat different diseases such as muscular dystrophy and Parkinson's disease. There are around five different tarantula species that are endangered and a lot more that are close to being endangered. One of the biggest reasons for concern is that tarantulas are in high demand in the exotic pet trade. Thousands, if not millions of tarantulas are being taken from their habitat to be sold each year. Another large issue is deforestation. Some species of tarantulas live exclusively in trees, and around 7 billion trees are cut down every single year. This means that tarantulas that live in trees, such as the Amazon ribbed tarantula, are quickly losing their habitats. Even though this is the Halloween episode and many people are afraid of these creatures, they play a pivotal role in our ecosystem, and they deserve to be protected just like any other animal. Some organizations that inform people about tarantulas and other spiders and contribute to their conservation are the American Tarantula Society, the National Wildlife Federation, and International Union for Conservation of Nature. Thank you so much for coming on this adventure with me as we explored the world of tarantulas. You can find the sources that we used for this podcast and links to organizations that we reference at www.onwildlife.org. 
Don't forget to tune in next Wednesday for another episode. And that's On Wildlife. You've been listening to On Wildlife with Alex Ray, brought to you every Wednesday. Wednesday.